0: All right, here we are live, another episode of Totally Uncensored, and I'm delighted to have as my guest, I've been dining it off for a long time, a Latino legend in the comedy biz. Yes, you are, bro, yes, you are.
1: (laughs) I'm talking about Mr. Joey Vega. Thank you, thank you. Let's give some some applause,
0: yeah that's well deserved, bro. you all legends you you right now what is it i know i met you a long time ago but you're doing comedy now stand up for oh, what like 30 plus years right
1: 41 years
0: 41 that's years. what
1: makes you a legend not not how funny i am just that i've been doing it a long <laughs> time that's all
0: that helps that helps bro but the fact that you are still here doing it 40 years later you're also like uh, you could say a pioneer, bro. We hear about hair. a pioneer, and I hear about Paul Rodriguez and you know Jordan Lopez. But uh, somewhere along the line, bro, they, they got to put Joy Veer in there, no?
1: They have to. I I'd like for them to, but I don't know if they will. You know, it's just it's it's we're just gonna put you here. man. It's just being here a long time. I'm, so,
0: I'm,
1: but you came out after Paul Rodriguez, right? Huh? Um, I think so. I don't know. Could have been a couple of years, because I started in 1980.
0: 1980. Do you remember how we first met?
1: Do I remember how we first met?
0: Yeah, how you and I first met.
1: Well, I know it had to be in the Bronx.
0: Probably it was the Bronx?
1: Um, Probably. um,
0: What comedy club?
1: Probably the Tryout in, uh, in Westchester.
0: Wow, I remember the Tryout. That's right. Actually, where I first met you was in Yonkers, at Shooting Stars. There you go. And you were headlining. I want to say, you remember Kim Cole? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was she was featuring at the time.
1: Yeah.
0: And John Saliano, we both know.
1: Right.
0: He put me out his wig and everything. I was doing comedy maybe, Joey, like a year, a year and a half. Right, right And he right. was nice right. enough to put me up on a weekend show just for five minutes. And I would introduce the MC for this show. That was my little five minute, get used to a nice Yeah, crowd. you know
1: what, I do remember that. Yeah, I remember,
0: yeah. And I remember exactly. Joy Vega rolling up real nice, looking cool the way you are today, bro. Killing it for 45 minutes and I'm sitting in the back and I want to be like that guy one day. <laughs> you made it look so easy, bro.
1: I want to be like that guy too, again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you are because your career has just, I mean, not so much taken off, but you, have, you know, maintained your level up there in comedy, my Well,
1: so I mean, we, I'm, a, I'm a working comedian. That's how I see it.
0: Yeah. So what yeah. made Joey to get into the comedy business game?
1: It, it's funny because uh, I never set out to be a comedian. But one day, because of racism, I'm a comedian. Because yeah. this is what happened. I went out to dance, right, to, to a dance club with my friends. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't let us in because it was a, a white club and we were Latinos. and They wouldn't let us in. They probably wouldn't let me in because I'm blanquito, but right, my right, friends right. were dark. So. Right, right, right. so then my 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 best friend's brother said, Let's go to a comedy club to the improv. I hadn't even heard of it. And so we went to the improv and we saw like Paul Reiser, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, Eddie Murphy. and We saw a bunch of you know, a bunch of comedians. And uh, they said, Oh, you could do that. I'm like, I could never get on stage. And tell jokes. I can never do that. I used to get I used to get nervous talking to my family in the house, you know, really? let alone going on stage. But Man. they convinced me to do it. They dared me to do it, and uh, and I did it. And I passed on the very first try, which is unheard of, it is because wrong. I was so naive that I didn't know what I was doing. I just I just went up there and, and started talking. But but it, I did prepare material, and it took me Man. about three months to to get up there to get the nerve and the courage to do it. But it's basically because I couldn't get into the club that I became a comedian.
0: Oh, yeah. So racism has been around a long time is what you Racism,
1: saying. you see, racism is not a bad thing all the time. Sometimes racism is good.
0: I'm, I'm telling you, man, it changes people's lives. There you go, bro.
1: That's right. I like I would, that. I would still be working in the hospital. I'd be retired from the hospital by now.
0: You were working in the hospital uh, before that? I was
1: working in the hospital, yeah
0: about Hospital, how did you handle this whole pandemic for the year, bro? Uh,
1: you know what? It wasn't that bad because in the last few years, I haven't been working that much. You know, mm-hmm. I, I tour with Mark Anthony and wow. then I do some clubs and I do some private gigs, but I haven't been doing a lot of comedy clubs. So to me, it was just like I'm, I'm staying home this weekend. You know, before I was working, whenever I'm touring with Mark Anthony, I'm touring every week. For right. like three months straight, four months straight. But when I'm not touring with him, I'm working once a month, you know, mm-hmm. twice a month, depending. So uh, it wasn't a big, big change for me. Right. I like to work around the house. So I was working around the house. I just finished building some stairs today for outside mm-hmm. for the patio. I mm-hmm. was building some stairs. I said, oh, shit, it's time to it's time to, 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 to leave. Put right. on a fresh shirt. <laughs> it looks like I just got off my yacht.
0: <laughs> yeah, that <I know>, was,
1: <laughs> but uh, but you know what I, I it was nice that I was in in the house with my wife and she was cool and you know we we get along real good you know because uh, we only see each other you know half an hour a day so we get along great you know, for that for that half hour.
0: <laughs> do you take your wife to your gigs with you now? I mean, you open you when you. No, market.
1: I used to just take my girlfriends. I don't take wives. <laughs> there you go. That's how you do it, bro. <laughs>
0: That's how I do.
1: Now I just I used to take my girl. She comes every song. So if I do a real good gig, a real nice gig, uh-huh. like sometimes I work in Aruba. Twice uh-huh. a year I go to Aruba and I do shows yes. down there. So she wants to go. She go, oh, I want to yeah. see you, Papito. I want to see you perform. I said, right. How come you don't want to see me perform when I'm working in Newark? How come you don't want to see me perform? <laughs> <laughs> you know.
0: That reminds me of the movie Goodfellas, right? Was it Goodfellas Where well, you take the the married your wife to the good gigs and the side chick to the
1: yeah, yeah. You take a Saturday it's, night is for the for the for the Gumaras or whatever they call.
0: The second year we're talking about like touring for Mark Anthony, right? Like, how many years have you been touring with Mark Anthony?
1: It, this this is twenty one because last year we didn't tour. Well, we toured just up until February, but it's been about twenty one years.
0: So you've been touring with Mark Anthony for twenty one years, bro. And how did that connection how did it was made? How did you guys look up?
1: I had a I had a TV show. In 1988, mm-hmm. 89, called the Latin Connection. I remember that. And remember he was. We ran. It was all about Latinos, right? So mm-hmm. after the third show, we ran out of Latinos to interview, because you know there was no Jennifer Lopez, there was no Shakira, there was no Ricky Martin. Mm-hmm. You know, so after the third show, we kind of ran out of people. So we had a lot of uh, uh, uh not house music. What's the other music? Uh, freestyle artists, mm-hmm. and Mark. Was about eighteen or nineteen years old, and he had just written a song for uh, Sapphire, "Boy I've Been Told," and he came along, you know, when she was performing on the show, and um, we said, "Well, let's interview him," you know, we don't, we don't have guests, you know, we got right. so we interviewed him. He had long hair, he had the little glasses, right.
0: you know,
1: and uh, and we we interviewed him, and he always like he's very funny. He's a very funny guy. Right. He loves comedy. So when he found out I was a comedian, he said, oh, let's go have something to eat after the taping. And I said, right. all right, yeah, let's go. So we started talking, we became friends. And then he used to always, he had a, you know, remember the beepers? He had a beeper. right?
0: right. So uh, he said, here's
1: my beeper number. Give me, you know, give me a call. I'll beep you. I'll beep me. I'll beep you. And he was right. like, he was like, a, a not a pain in the ass, but he was like persistent. He was persistent. Yeah. And, he okay. was, and then he used to go to the comic strip all the time. Really? To to watch me perform. And -hmm. he would always tell me, listen, when I become a a singer, I'm gonna be a singer. When I become a singer, I'm gonna open for you. Can I open for you? I said, yeah, 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 you can open for me. And he kept kept repeating that every time he saw me. Yo, man, I'm gonna be a singer. When I become a singer, I'm gonna open for you, right? I said, yeah, 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 yeah. And again, he would do it again. Yeah, yeah, you can open for me. He says, yeah, man. And I said, "And if you become a famous singer, then I'll open for you," he said. Bet. Really? Yeah. And then we lost touch. We lost touch for about five years. And then one day I was at Side Street. Remember Side Street in the Bronx? Oh, yeah. Is that
0: still around, Side Street?
1: Yeah. So I was at Side Street, and he was performing, and I didn't even know he was singing salsa. Right. I didn't even know. I I just lost touch. Right. And uh, the I said, "Who's performing today?" They said, "Oh, Mark Anthony." I say, "Wait a minute, Mark Anthony? Who's <laughs> Mark Anthony?" He's singing? I go, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's getting really popular, too. I'm like, really? Oh, he probably won't even remember me anyway. Whatever. Uh-huh. So I was sitting down, right? And he just happens, after his set, he happens to walk by. He goes, yo, Joey, what's up? I said, oh, nothing much, man. Congratulations. You said you were going to be a singer. Now I'm going to open for you. And at that point <laughs> in my life, I uh-huh. was down and out. Really? I, but nobody knew it but you know everybody said oh Joey Latin connection Joey Vega blah blah I was broke man I couldn't even get gigs and so he says to me uh oh, I'm doing some gigs man and we talked all night long he says, right. I'm doing some gigs man uh I don't want to offend you but you want to you want to open the show and I in my head I was like how much how much <laughs> right, right. cuz I much. needed the money man right right and uh, so I didn't even ask him. I didn't even ask him. I, I said, "Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it." And it was at the uh, at the ballroom, at the, the ballroom on Fifty Something Street. Fifty, uh,
0: 50 51st. Yeah, I think Fifty First Street. Yeah,
1: yeah. Broadway. So he was there. And uh, by this time, now he had he had gotten a lot of. This was a few months later. By this time, he had a a, a lot of fans, and uh, it was standing only, standing room only, and and there was no seats. Everybody was standing up. Right. And I went up on stage and the audience hated me. They hated me. They oh. were like booing. And Mark was in the curtain and he was laughing his ass off. Because he he's a jokester. He's a jokester. Right. He loves comedy. And right. um he said, Man, that was horrible. I said, Yeah, I know it's horrible. You don't have to you don't have to tell me it's horrible. I goes, That was that was fucked up. They hated you. I said, Yes, yeah. I got it. I got it. He goes, Man, they hated you. Yeah, that's wrong. And to him, it was a joke. To him, it was fun. Nice. So, uh, so that was, I mean, that was the beginning of, of that. And then uh, next time I, then he came to see me at uh, at the comic strip that same night after okay. after he did his show. All I had right. a spot at the comic strip, a late spot. And he says, yo, we're going to hang out. We're going to hang out with you. And so he came to see me and then we hung out to like four or five o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then we kept, you know, calling each other. And then when he did the, um, he did the Madison Square Garden HBO special. Yeah. He called, he called me up, he says, I'm, I'm taping on Saturday, but I'm doing a show on Friday too. Right. He says, come on down and check out the show. I said, all right. So I came down and it was Madison Square Garden, 20,000 people and right. it was packed. And he did the show and he and then after the show he goes, yo, you want to open for me tomorrow? And I was like, are you kidding me? He goes, yeah, man, we're taping the show tomorrow for HBO, open the show. I said, hell yeah, open the show. So I, they had a clearance with HBO, and I didn't, I didn't get on air, and I didn't get paid.
0: Right.
1: I just opened the show, but it was twenty thousand people. You know, it's like I never performed in a in a in an arena. Right. right. And that was 2000, uh, 1999, I think two thousand. And then after that, he had a tour, and he told me you want to go on tour, and uh, I said, yeah, let's let's do it. I mean, after all, I was broke, <laughs> right, I was, right, right. you know. Uh, and then things got better and better. We did that tour, then we did another tour, then another tour, another tour. We did it. We did a tour in two thousand and two. That uh, that famous Puerto Rican story. Yeah, we're
0: gonna save that one for later.
1: Oh, you gonna save that one? All right. Well, let's save
0: that. We're gonna save that. <laughs> what happened in Puerto Rico? Very like game, tune
1: in for the for for what went on in Puerto Rico. Bro. That's
0: right. You're gonna have to wait till the end of this interview here. So <laughs> Let what me happen? know because it's
1: a long story. <laughs> so what
0: happened to Joey Vega in Puerto Rico, bro? Only a comics nightmare,
1: man. Uh, that's been 18 agree? years, 20, 19 years, and that thing still follows me wherever I go, man.
0: But I, you know, I don't
1: mind talking about it. I don't, you know, it's it's no big but, deal to
0: me. But that's one thing about you know being comedians and stuff. You know we got these gigs, you know, and sometimes people think you know we can get. They don't realize who they. Sometimes messing with on stage, you know, they figure everything is cool, but you know it's almost like it's fans right? At games that they heckle you and stuff. Not that we get heckled, but I guess the point I'm making is I don't remember danger feels well during prom season. Oh man, most is. Well, I remember doing that for like two years. You know how it works, you know, midnight show. And he never ran it where it went from beginning to end. Like I would open up the show, let's say, you close the show. I go back up again for that same audience and do this same act. Then the audience is looking around, going, we already heard it. And they're already (laughs) getting pissed off, like, we're complaining. They walk out. Right. Whatever walks out, replaced with new audience. You understand? So now the first comic, you know. Anyway, long story short, I don't know what happened, bro, but and if you want to talk about it, but do you remember once I don't know what happened, but stage left where you had to go into the audience?
1: That? Ju- was this in, in, in Danger Fields?
0: <laughs> I don't to bring it up, bro. No, this was that danger fields. I don't I know. Remember, what, I, don't remember, I don't know what this the guy said, said to you. But the guy that, was, go ahead. the guy was sitting stage left. I don't know what he said, but you had like your blue blazer on. It's funny how I remember this stuff what you were wearing. This is like twenty some years ago. You took the blazer off, bro, and just went through the audience to the back <laughs> to challenge this dude who said some shit to you. You, know what, you know
1: what? I don't remember that one, <laughs> but I, remember, <laughs> I, I've done that before. One, oh, okay, you know, like I'm, I'm real mild-mannered. I'm real cool, real nice. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I get to that boiling point, mm-hmm. and I lose it. And I just oh. like it's it's on now. And one time in Dangerfields, they they rented out the club. Some guy rented out the club.
0: Right.
1: and he had a busload of all his friends come down from Brewster, New York, and they were heckling everybody. Yeah. heckling everybody, 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 and, every, and then it was my turn to go up. And I was like, I'm not in the mood for this shit. And Tony Bavakwa says, "Watch Joey; he could handle it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went up there, and they started heckling. And I can you know. And I tried, and I tried, ba 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 And then some girl yelled out, "Spick," something like that. And I was uh, like, "You shouldn't be saying that shit." Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 spick. You got a small. Can I? Can I curse? Yeah, yeah. Say so what you want. Like, I say. She said, "You got a small dick. That's why." I, said, I know, yeah, my dick is small, so let me put it in your ass and see if you're going to feel it or
0: not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then some guy said something, and then I had had it. I said, listen, listen, motherfuckers, I'm going to wait outside at the bar, and I'm going <laughs> to kick all you hillbilly's asses one by one. <laughs> right? So I went outside, right? And I'm standing right. by the bar, and, and the big guy, uh, the big Irish guy, the bouncer, he was right. like, come on. Joey, you can't stand here, let's go, come on. Yeah. So they pulled hey, me away, right? So this is, the story didn't end there. What happened was, like a year later, I'm working up in up, upstate New York, and, and this guy comes up to me, this hillbilly looking guy comes up to me, he goes, yo man, uh, I was the guy that rented out the place in Dangerfields, and I had all my friends, They we had chartered buses come down to watch me perform, and we kind of fucked everybody's act up. You know, I apologized. I said, all right, no big deal. That's you know, I forgot all about that. He goes, Yeah, yeah, I got it on film. I taped it. Well, what? He goes, Yeah, yeah, I taped it. I said, No, you can't do that, man. You can't tape people's acts. Well, you know, I'm no all right, all right, forget it. So I go up on stage, right? He starts Hmm. heckling me. (laughs) 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 And people are standing. It's not even like chairs either. It was like that 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 gig in the people are standing. Right, and I'm like, "Come on, man! What? Are, what are you crazy?" Oh, and he says, so "A real comedian could handle it." Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, "Ah," oh. and I got oh. to that point, that boiling point. You know what I did? And I used oh. to wear. I used to dress a little weird sometimes, right? And oh. I had this shirt that was like, it, it came, it was so gay, it was ridiculous. Right? The shirt <laughs> came up like this with buttons, right? And it right. came down with buttons like I that, it. Mm-hmm. and it had like little puffy sleeves. Right, right. <laughs> it was the gayest <laughs> shirt ever. So. I got to the point where I was so pissed off, I ripped off, I went and I ripped the shirt open because what? I didn't want to have any, you know, anything to hold me back. Right. Mm-hmm. And I jumped on the guy from mm-hmm. the stage. I jumped on him and I started punching him.
0: Oh shit. This was the <laughs> so, data.
1: So I don't remember that one about the blue blazer where I walked into the back, but I I I would do things like that. Sometimes I, I did shit like that. But yeah, you had to get me to that point.
0: But that was at Dangerfields? Huh? That was at Dangerfields?
1: This was danger. No, the, the last part was upstate New York, but the guy was from Dangerfields.
0: Oh, 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 that's what the guy said. You remember me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he took his road on okay. the act, which you, bro. So t-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he took his act on the road. Exactly. Oh, and okay. after he apologized, he, he starts heckling me. The other comedian went up. Everything was fine. When I got up, he started heckling me.
0: But These people I've, don't know, bro.
1: I I have lot, I've had a lot of stories like that. Forty-one years, man. It's a lot of stories.
0: I could imagine, man. So, what, what's your favorite Mark Anthony gig that you have?
1: I'm gonna have to say the first your... one that I did with him in uh, in Atlantic City. Yeah. Because it was the first time that I, besides you know, uh, uh, Madison Square Garden, no. which is twenty thousand people, and we've done it we've done Madison square garden like 10 times you know 15 times and we've done other big gigs too mm-hmm. that are great but the one that stands out the most is uh, in the beginning uh i did the taj mahal no it wasn't the taj mahal it was the the trump tower mm-hmm. and and this was back in 2001 i think the trump tower uh i opened for him and it was the first time Besides, you know, uh, H- uh, the HBO thing, that now I could do my real act, and I used to do 40, 45, 50 minutes in front of him, you know, and my daughter was there, and my brother was there, and it was it was just amazing. It was just it was an amazing, you know, it it was one of those first w- ones where I felt comfortable on stage, you know, really? in front of such a big audience, and plus they paid me a lot of money for that gig. That one gig, I paid. I paid more than I've gotten paid, you know, every other gig.
0: Really? So I'm taking a was, pay cut. Why, why, why? did that one pay more than the other one? I don't
1: know. I, <laughs> <paid it laughs> I have no idea. It was. It was run by Trump, and Trump was in the audience. He was oh, there. Really? This was way before you know he was. He was president. But. So. So uh, how that, much time? That is, was one of the best ones.
0: How much time do you normally open up with when you do the tour with Mark Anthony?
1: When I do Mark Anthony now, I do about 20 minutes.
0: 20, and then I do intermission?
1: And then there's an intermission. Uh, it depends. Sometimes I'll do 30, depending. If there's another act after me, sometimes we have two opening acts. Then I'll do 15 uh-huh. or 20, because Mark always takes his time anyway. So I'll do 20. The other act will do 20. Then Mark does 20 in his dressing room You know, before he even comes right. on. He does another right. 20, 25. He does meet and greet. You
0: know, so, so me, what what is Marquette like offstage?
1: Offstage he's funny. He's very funny. Uh-huh. He's uh you know, he likes his beers. You know, he, he doesn't drink anything, he doesn't drink any hard liquor, uh-huh. he doesn't do drugs, he doesn't smoke pot. He smokes uh-huh. he smokes cigarettes all the time. Right. Uh-huh. And you know, he drinks a little a little beer once in a you know uh-huh. just uh, does he beer. Have any,
0: like? does he have any like rituals before he goes up on stage?
1: No, no, he, he, him and his brother, sometimes they go up on stage and they they, they say a few words to each other and they mm-hmm. lock arms and they lock legs. Right. That's kind of like a little ritual they do. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he doesn't do, you know, he'll sit in the dressing room and we'll talk or he'll talk to whomever's there. You mm-hmm. know, uh, a lot of times I'll come in and I'll run some jokes by him. And I said, I did this joke. I'm gonna do. And he always watches me for some reason. For the last 21 years, he likes to watch me. He tells the people, "Shut up, shut up." You Uh know, he puts. They put it on a big TV. Uh And when he ever comes in, he comes. He comes in. He says, "Is the is the feed in the dressing room? Make sure the feed isn't." And so that makes me work hard because I don't want to keep showing him the same stuff. 21 years, I can't show. You know, so every year I have to write a new, you know, a new half hour, a new hour. Right, Just to make it, keep it fresh and to keep it fresh for him too. Because, but then sometimes he goes, oh, you didn't do the one about this one. Do that one again. You know, like one show I did all in Spanish. I did it all in Spanish. And then he yes. goes, yo man, do it in English. <laughs> like the people out there, there's a lot of, you know, Colombians, Guatemala, yes. there's a lot of Peruvians that right. just came to this country. Cause that's another thing that happened to me was that when I was touring with him, the first. The first seven, eight years, it was mostly second generation Puerto Ricans, you know, second generation Colombians. So everybody spoke English. Uh I did my hack all in English with Spanish, you know, thrown in there.
0: Right. right?
1: But then I got to Miami one year and I started hearing a lot of talking. And even though Miami is like 20,000 also uh, arena, 15 to 20,000, I could hear them, I could hear them. And it was Uh because, they didn't speak English. So they were getting antsy. You know, I was doing, you know, 35, 40, and they were like and they started stomping on the on the on the ground. They were like stomping. And oh, I could yeah. hear a little bit. We want mm. Mark. We want Mark. You know, don't dance down, Mark. Don't mess down Mark. You know, mm. so I could hear that and I was like, oh shit. So now I do it both in English and Spanish. I go back and forth just to keep them, you know, from from yelling shit out, you know. Right. But it's not easy. People think, oh, it's easy. You know, just go up there and tell jokes. Well, you know, as a comedian, you know, it's not just go up there and tell jokes. Right. Everything has to be perfect. The light has to be on you. People have to be, you know, focused yeah. on you. When I'm doing, especially uh, Miami, right. people in Miami, a lot of posers in Miami, you know, a lot of great people, but a lot of people go to Miami to be seen. And, you know, they're walking in, I see, yes. you know, and they're all decked out. And they want to be seen. They don't care about the comedian. That ain't that's not Mark Anthony. I don't have to listen to him. Right, right. So so Miami is has been tough. You know, right. it, I can get them, but it's a little tougher than most places because people are still coming in. They're coming right. in a little late because it's Miami. You know, they wanna right. you know,
0: and they're there to see the main, you know, to you you're like getting away, you know. Yeah. I remember when I did the uh the uh, the Orchard Beach Salsa Music Festival with Ralph Paniagua. This goes way back. I don't know if you yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah.
1: Rob Paniagua. He was the producer of my show. Atlanta okay. Connection.
0: Well, that was outside, right? Outdoors, and people were there to see salsa. They would have whatever salsa bands they had for that Sunday, because right. so I would host every Sunday, right? And there was this one lady in front who kept screaming at me. I'm trying to do my material, right? Con orange spandex and orange tank top, orange hair, and she's screaming at me. She's like, "¿Dónde está la salsa?" Right? And I'm ignoring her, bro. Like, don't let that after the third time she was missing teeth, right? I go, Don't let that place went nuts and you know, Ralph got pissed off at me and shit, you know,
1: whatever. Ralph, Ralph got pissed off. I, him can't, I, more, I saw him, I saw him in Miami
0: uh-huh.
1: at one of the Mark shows. Ta viejito. Ta viejito.
0: You know, he fired me, bro. It was in the post. He fired me. It came out on, uh page six. It said Mike Robles, host of whatever, because at the time he was connected with uh, who's the boxing promoter? King? Don King. Oh, him? Don King, yeah, yeah,
1: it yeah was
0: yeah. King Funny Avro Productions and Bubble, Mike Robles, host, fired for saying the N word, right? And then basically, what it was, I said the word nipple. <laughs> I said, nipple, it was one of those things where the crowd was so electric. I said something stupid like, oh my God, my nipples just got hard, you know? Basically, that's that's what came out, you know? Well, he couldn't do it, his son, Paniagua Junior, called me on Monday and said, we have to let you go. I said, well, what, what happened, man? He goes, well, you know, you said nipples on stage. <laughs> I said, you gotta be fucking, Joe, you gotta be kidding me, bro. Anyway, long story short, but I don't think he's spoken to me since then. So if you speak to him, bro, just tell him I say nipples.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. I, I spoke to him briefly that day. He called me over and I'm like, oh, shit, this is Ralph Paniagua. And he goes, hey, how you doing? I said, good. Yeah, yeah. He goes, hey, I'm over here in Miami, blah, blah, blah. And that was it. You know? After that, I, I didn't, you know, I, I hadn't spoken to him at all. Uh, uh, but yeah, it, it's amazing that, you know, in, in, in Orchard Beach, you can't well, say nipples, but you see nipples all over the place.
0: You, know? you see them all over the place, people drinking weed, doing nasty shit. But I say nipples, and it's like, oh, oh. oh." I know that's the
1: thing about comedians. We get scrutinized. Comedians, we're the last ones to have freedom of speech, and now they're taking that away from us. And now, you know, oh, you said this 10 years ago. You said that. Yeah, yeah, everybody was saying that 10 years ago. You know, so what? You didn't, you know, I I want all this cancel culture. I want it when it comes back to them, then Mm -hmm. they're going to be like, oh, shit, wait a minute. Yeah. I didn't mean it that way. Oh, but, but you said it. You know, you got I
0: people. I hope we see that good. But that, that being said, have, are you, like, when you write new material now, are you keeping it where you say what you want to say or you say, I can't take it there? Uh,
1: I started to kind of, uh, 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 you know, uh, check myself. But mm-hmm. then I said, you know what? I'm too old.
0: Yeah. Right. In
1: one of my podcasts, I said, I, I said some jokes uh and mark was on there. Mark was was, was you know was, was writing and and said, Oh shit, you're getting racial Because I said something. I don't know, I said something about Latinos and and I said how black people are there they're less black people than there are Latinos in this country, but they get everything. And I don't mean that they shouldn't get it, I right. just mean that we don't get it. So right. I'm not saying anything bad about black people, and and uh then I said, Yeah, that's right, I'm getting racial. Okay, you want to cancel me? Cancel me? Were well, you gonna cancel me from my basement? You are gonna cancel me for cancel me from my basement, bitches?
0: Right. So, what did he say? Did he did he say it's okay, or he just made a? He, why no, did no, he? No, he just out?
1: made a, He just made that observation. It wasn't him. I was just talking to the general public. You know, right. I was telling him, anybody who wants to cancel me, cancel me because I got nothing for you to cancel me from. Okay, I got you can't cancel me from my basement. I pay the mortgage, you know? <laughs> so. Because it's it's gotten to the point where only certain people can say things, yeah. and Other people can't, but you know, and they they want to go after you just for the hell of going. Right now, I heard, I heard. This is this is how ridiculous things are. Mm-hmm. I heard in the Heights, the movie in the Heights,
0: yeah,
1: right. It's supposedly a big hit. Blah blah blah. Right. <laughs> there was a criticism today that there wasn't enough dark Latinos in the movie.
0: Really. What did they know when they say dark? They're talking about like uh, like big poppy, dark, yeah, or yeah, or about dark? yeah,
1: about like Celia uh, Moreno Moreno. Moreno Morenos.
0: See, Celia like, like,
1: you know what? We have morenos, we have we have albinos, we have you know, mestizos, we have all shades, right? When it comes to Latinos,
0: different we shades, have
1: lily, lily, white Latinos, we have carbon black. Latinos, you know,
0: exactly.
1: but but there's a movie about Latinos, and right. now they're you know, they're, they're criticizing it. There wasn't enough, you know, all the Latinos, most of the Latinos were light skinned, but you know what? Most Latinos are light skinned, most right. Latinos are not black. Well, there are quite a few black Latinos, but you think,
0: yeah, I think, there in a the movie, those black Latinos would just happen to be sleeping, man, you know. <laughs> They were in bed, sleeping, they taking a nap, bro. <laughs> they got there,
1: they got to the set late. Oh <laughs> shit. Cancelled. Cancelled, Joey. They got to the set late. Canceled. Oh, Pretty soon they take me out of my basement. You can't. Actually,
0: there's 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 one scene. If you want to get serious, I might have to go play the scene again in the heights where uh Anthony Ramos, I think he's talking to his nephew on the corner. Nobody's watching the bodega. All of a sudden, someone comes running out of the bodega. I think they stole a Snickers bar. And the guy goes, hey, bring, come back here. I think that dude that stole the Snickers bar, if I remember, was a Black Latina, bro. Oh,
1: yeah?
0: I think. I, I, I could have seen it wrong, but. There you go. I, I could, I, I'm i going to have to look at the scene again, but.
1: I, I I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet, buddy. They
0: should do that. You know how they have warning on the screen, like violence and uh, sexual content. They should just put. The amount of percentage of dark skinned Latinos in the movie.
1: That's that's funny. That's, you that's know. very just put twenty-five percent of Latinos were, were, were dark skinned, thirty-two percent were in-between trigueñitos. you know.
0: Yeah, it's, had, it's had, ridiculous. Had, you
1: know what it is is that everybody has a forum, everybody has a way of getting stuff out now. Everybody has a podcast. Everybody has a vlog. Everybody right. has, you know, uh, 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 Facebook and and and, and uh, Instagram. So now everybody has an opinion. Right. So you know, pretty soon somebody's gonna watch this and go, you know, Joe Vega with that shirt. You know, he's trying to he's trying to make believe he's gay. He's not gay. Cancel his ass. Cancel his ass for trying to be gay. <laughs>
0: you know, we laugh at it, bro, but maybe you know, I won't be surprised what David is heading there. Just the fact that we're talking about the the colors in the movie, like it's getting rave reviews, you know, in the Heights, and now there's not enough dark people, you know. What, it's, it's, and it's, let me
1: tell you something: I I was born and raised in the Heights. I mm-hmm. was born and raised in in Washington Heights, and I didn't leave Washington Heights till I got married but. and came to New Jersey. And in the Heights, no hay tanto Moreno. To this day, there's not that right. many morenos. There's right. Dominican's that are black. Right. And there's and there's a, but when I was growing up, there wasn't that many morenos at all.
0: That Uh-oh. was one of the
1: that was one of the uh, things that happened in the school in my school, George mm. Washington High School. There was riots because the morenos came in from Harlem, right. and then they were kicked out, and then they started riots. So, you know, this whole thing about there's not enough morenos. There's not enough, you know. Listen, I I can't take it. I can't take it. I'm too old. I'm 68 years old. I can't take this
0: shit anymore. I can't take it, bro. You know, I I tell you what, bro. We just gotta do your Mark Anthony gig. Nobody bothers you. Twenty thousand people, and forget this woke movement, bro, because it, it, it's amazing. But real quick, what did you think of the movie in the Heights?
1: No, no, I didn't get to see it yet.
0: Well,
1: you didn't see that. I didn't see it. I didn't see it because yeah,
0: no, uh, good, you know it's cute. It's like no stereotyping, you know, which is nice and it's his story about Washington Heights, and right. you know, it's a musical Yeah. I, I had no problem with it. You know, yeah, it, it, if, it, you, you know, know what?
1: If he portrayed what went on in Washington Heights, that even if it's stereotypical, that's what it is. You know, if they're playing dominoes outside, but that's what happens. Right. You know, I saw it growing up, you know, not a lot because when I grew up, Washington Heights had Still had a lot of white people in it, you know, Uh, but I saw it. I saw it in the Bronx when I lived Mm -hmm. in the Bronx, when, you know, from I lived in the Bronx for six years from age six to 12. And I saw everything that's stereotypical of Puerto Ricans and and Dominicans. I saw it. So if it's in the movie, it's part of life. It's part, you know, so, you know, it's just that people need to talk about it. They they need to express their opinion, whether they're right or they're wrong. And they don't care if they're right or wrong. Right. Want, and then, and then the thing—the thing is that their opinion sometimes it's what they think people want to hear, right? You know? So that's when, their opinion.
0: Well, right. when nobody really wants to hear it, nobody cares. But right. so I don't know what's worse: when we see the opinion, rather than ignore it or actually address it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I that's have a the- problem,
0: bro. Sometimes, most ninety-nine percent of the time, I don't even bother with the shit. Yeah, but there's that one percent? I gotta go. I gotta answer this shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? And and then you get involved with some fucking idiot yeah. who has no clue, and it's like, why did I do this for? Man?
1: I had I had a guy. I had I was looking at my reviews every time I was doing the the Mark Anthony shows, uh-huh. and I would get like thousands of great reviews. Oh man, you were funny, blah, blah blah. I never heard of you. I I was surprised. It was funny. Oh, I've seen you ten times. It was good. And then I would got one or two bad reviews. And I was like, "What? What do you think I'm not funny?" <laughs> you know? And I started yeah. to to it. He engaged me, right? And this guy was it just an asshole. He didn't understand. He goes, "Why? I can't believe Mark Anthony would hire you." Blah blah blah. And I'm answering him back, and I'm like, oh, I've been working with Mark Anthony for 20 years. Shut the fuck up!" You know. And then he right. says, "You're a racist and a and a, a misogynist," because right. I said, "Check this out." I said, "I got off the stage." And one of my jokes is one of the things I go, no te la goldita. I love la goldita, no te la goldita. I love goldita. Come mm-hmm. on, golditas, raise your hand, raise your hand, goldita, mm-hmm. raise your mm-hmm. hand because I could see you from here. You know, raise your hand, trying to look all skinny, right? And then I go on to talk about how much I like golditas. So I get off the stage. This was at a Mark Anthony concert. I get off the stage, and the trombone player says to me, Joey, this girl wants to wants to meet you. She thought you were funny. She was laughing her ass off. She's beautiful. She wants to meet you. She's right yeah. there. So I walk over, you know, and I go, Hey, hi, how you doing? Did you enjoy? She goes, You are nothing but a racist and a misogynist, and you hate fat people, and wow. people, and blah blah blah. And she wouldn't stop. And I was like, Oh, and you offended me and you offended my friends and you offended everyone. And she just went on. But happens, after that, did it? And you you fat shaming and that. that So I just I just stood there. I go, mm-hmm. I said, listen. I just wanna go up there, do my time, entertain you people so you forget all about your troubles. I say, now you listen to you listen to Pitbull, and you listen to rap, right? And you yeah. think I'm misogynist, but you dance to Pitbull and to rap, you dance. When they are saying shake your booty, bitch. Shake your mm-hmm. booty, bitch. Shake mm-hmm. your booty, bitch, I'm gonna hit mm-hmm. that tonight. You listen to that shit, and it's yeah. okay. But I say, I like Golditas, and I'm a misogynist. I say- there you know, you
0: go. They're confused, bro. They twerk they, they're twerking to a uh, bad buddy, but they got a problem with them
1: being cocodita. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, so now what I do, like you said, I do my gig, I get my money, I go home. There I, got, you go. I, I got I got a house with a you know a nice piece of land, and I'm like a freaking I'm a farmer. I'm a I'm a New Jersey Puerto Rican farmer, bro. I'm growing <laughs> pumpkins, uh, watermelon, peppers, corn. I got corn.
0: Yeah,
1: I got, I got, I grew garlic, uh, I, got, I got tomato, I got cucumbers, I got all kinds of shit. You a horse that horse is. My wife is like, You ain't getting no horse. I said, No, no, <laughs> I need a horse. She goes, You ain't <laughs> I wanted to get chickens. She goes, This ain't Puerto Rico. You ain't getting no chickens. I said, Can I get a pig? Can I get a pig? She goes, You can get
0: a pig. <laughs> Let me ask you real quick, but Tell me about you. You've met J-Lo, right? Obviously, you must have met him. Yeah, yeah. Right? Jennifer
1: Lopez is
0: uh... Yeah, be, be honest now, bro. No, no, be
1: I'm going to be very honest because a lot of people, when they hear what I say about Jennifer Lopez, they're like, what? Jennifer Lopez, when she was married, I met her a, few, a bunch of times when she was married to Mark. Right. And sometimes we'd hang out. You know uh King of Queens? Hmm? You know that show King of Queens? Yeah. So Leah Remedy from that show is is uh, a friend of, of Jennifer's. Okay. And then I'm good friends with her husband and, and with her too. So we used to hang out at her house. And so I saw J-Lo with her, with her guard down. I saw her with no makeup. I saw her in sweats. I saw her just being Jennifer Lopez. She's one of the nicest people around, her and Leah. Leah is one of, one of these tough women on, on TV. But she's very, very nice. Jennifer Lopez is just the hardest working person in the world. She works hard. She's all about business. She's all about show business. You know, mm-hmm. I gotta look right for the camera. I gotta put on something that looks good. Mm-hmm. But deep down inside, she's she's a normal person. She's, she's very vulnerable sometimes. And she's a nice person, I never I never saw her being mean to anybody. I never saw her being, you know, like, sometimes you could tell when somebody's being mean, even though they're trying to be nice. Mm -hmm. And I never saw her doing that. Uh, She's just a hard worker. You know, she gets up at five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning. She does the exercises and she goes to the office. You know, she starts working. What's on the agenda today? What do we got to do? Well, who do we got to see? Who do we got to call? And she does, that's all she does all day long, unless she's filming something. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, I was I was a staff writer on the George Lopez show. George Lopez had this um, late night talk show, yeah. And so I was one of the writers, and she was a guest on the show. So they said, "What you know? What should we do with yes. George Lopez?" I said, "I don't know. You know, I ain't the, I'm not the producer. I'm, the, I'm just jokes. a writer, man. Right. I write jokes. That's all I do." So they said, well, you know, think of something. So they, I figured, what if she comes on because Joe Lopez used to come on what? and used to open up the show with a monologue. Right. He used to do like 10 minutes straight, boom. Right. And so I said, what if instead of him coming on, she comes on and she does like five minutes of stand-up. And so they ran right. it by her and they said, Well, Joey, you know, Joey and the writers, they're gonna write the material and then Joey's gonna, you know, coach you on how to do it. Okay. So we wrote the material. She came in and I coached her and I coached her and I told her, do it this way, do it that way. Look over here, look over there, pause. And everything I told her, this is the type of person she is. She never once questioned it. She just said, okay. And I was saying, let's do it again. Okay, let's do it again. Okay. And we would do it for a couple of hours. She was like, okay, whatever you say. I said, let's take a rest. Let's Let's go over it. I said, just well, make it like a conversation. All right, let's do it again. Okay. She never once said, okay, I got it. All right, that's enough. She went on and she killed it. She went on, she did five minutes of stand-up with timing, phrasing, pausing. She looked this way when she had to because she's an actress. So she was acting right. like a comedian. Right, 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 right. She, was, she was great. She killed it. Two weeks later, uh, Aston Cusher, was the was the guest and they said let's let's have him do stand up right so we wrote five minutes of stand up for him and they said Joey go coach him and you know do what you did with Jennifer so, right. so I went in there within an hour he was like okay I got it you know he didn't have that work ethic that Jennifer has I go but you know we should do it a few more oh, I got it I got it I'm good I'm good he went on he didn't do that well Thought, you know, ah. But Jennifer works so hard. She knows she's not the best singer. She knows right. she's not the best dancer. She knows she's not the funniest person. But when she sees somebody that could do that job, right. she'll watch them and she'll ask. Like she'll she'll watch Mark Mark's backup singer and she'll say, How did you hit that note? How did you do that? Oh, how did you do that? And she'll she's a student. Because once the camera comes on, it's about Jennifer Lopez. Right. She doesn't have an ego off camera. So people don't know that she she was taught by Joey Vega how to do stand-up.
0: Right, right. People don't
1: know that. They just go, damn, she's funny. That's being smart, you know?
0: Yeah. that's. Possibly. I mean,
1: that's the extent of my, you know, like I never went to the clubs with her or anything. I just, you know, I, I was at places where it was just relaxed, where she was just, you know, she was staying at Leah's house for a while because they were renovating her house. Right. So she would be there in pajamas or, you know, sweats. Right. You know, she would just be, you know, joking around and watching TV. So I saw the the other side that most people don't get to see. I saw that side of her being just a human being. You know, right. it's like you and I, like you could be feeling, you know, sick. I could be, I've, been, I've got a stage with 103 fever, but the minute that light goes on, right. hey, you know, we perk up. That's right. All right. People don't see all the. Stuff that's going on, right? Okay. Now, I heard you had a health issue for a while, or you, I, I mean, I don't know what's going yeah. on, but you look healthy, you, you sound, yeah, no,
0: man. i like, you, know, you know, me, bro. You
1: know, I don't, you know, I keep
0: moving forward with, with everything I got, you know, yeah. but yeah, you know, I've had some health that's pushed me back in the sense I can't go out and perform as much as I want to. Right, right. So I got so many doctor's appointments to deal with what I got in my condition. So basically, now it's mostly a lot of treatments for what I have. And when I got the energy, you know, I do well, not with the podcast, but the pandemic, I didn't do anything, but right. I picked my spot for stand up. You know, so I hope you go back to New York. And I like to go New York, Texas, LA. Those seems to be my three. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why I saw you, Texas. Yeah. Was it San Antonio?
0: I think it was San Antonio.
1: Yeah, I think it was San Look
0: Antonio. What I, was back to. I think it was at the, the Amphitheater. He's coming back, a matter of fact, to the AT&T Center. Yeah. Sometime yeah. in September.
1: San Antonio, Houston, Dallas. Yeah, yeah.
0: Probably yeah, be texting you for some tickets. I don't know if you got the clout to give me two tickets. but.
1: You know what? I used to have big clout. Now they got new management, and it's gotten dwindled down. But I could probably still get tickets for where are you in, San Antonio? San Antonio. Yeah. I might be able to get tickets for San Antonio.
0: If not, bro, you know, we, you know, we can, I can meet you at the side door real quick, you know, and just I walk around and just watch you show that way. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, you could, you could always, you could always, no, you could always come, I'm here to see Joey Vega, right? I'm here to see Joey Vega. There you go. And then, you know, come backstage, go to the side stage. There you go. We'll
0: I'm here out. to see Mr. Joey Vega. I want to close it out with the best story, bro, about your gig in Puerto Rico. This was it because I know when you told me the story you were all psyched out because you're going back to Puerto Rico you know it's the motherland right Puerto Rico and it's your people the island so go ahead and set it up My, bro.
1: first of all it was it was that first big tour that we did 2002 and we were doing uh and and I was having a great tour women were were were, were, were proposing to me there it was it was amazing tour. You know, uh, the shows were great. I was doing 50 minutes. Uh, So the last two shows, one was Puerto Rico and then the last show was Dominican Republic. And I said, oh, I'm psyched out. You know, my parents had only seen me perform once at Dangerfields, okay? And then they moved to Puerto Rico. And so now I'm coming back to Puerto Rico, you know, Mark Anthony's opening act. El hijo de you, know, you, know, they, you know, people are talking, right? And oh, was the my huh? what, was the,
0: what was the venue?
1: The venue was the Roberto Clemente Stadium. Big, big just Big, 35,000, <laughs> 40,000 seats. It had just opened up.
0: Famous venue, bro.
1: The roads weren't even completed to the venue, mm. but it had just opened up. So I get there for rehearsal, you know, you know the sound check and they got these big screens with Budweiser. Big screens. And, and the whole tour, I was on the big screens. Right? And so this tour, I go, okay, so when, I, when I'm on that screen, the camera's going to follow me, right? They go, no, no, you're not going to be on the screen. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, no, no, you can't be on the screen because Budweiser is, wants to keep the Budweiser logo up there. I said, no, no, you don't understand. This is a stadium. Mm-hmm. This 35 40,000 people. You see that person all the way down there? Mm-hmm. You can't see them, right? They can't see me either. No, <laughs> we can't do it, blah, blah, blah. Shows at 8 o'clock, right? Nobody wants to, no, nope, can't do it, sorry, blah, blah, blah. I said, you know what? You just screwed up my whole act. If they can't see me, now, this is the first time I'm working in Puerto Rico, too. Right.
0: Right? Yeah, tell me who's at the show, your parents, your mother, your father. So, mom, so I have
1: a limo. I get a limo to yeah. pick up my parents because they're two hours away from San Juan. Right. right? My friend Roberto Clemente Jr. Right. is in New York, but he flies down with his girlfriend. Right. Uh, Tito Tr- Trinidad is in the audience. Right. A bunch of like a bunch of sports figures, you know, right. Puerto Rican sports figures. They're all yeah. in the audience. My parents are right in the front row. I got the front row seats. Those are and my parents. Wife. Boom, right there.
0: And your wife and children too, right? Huh? Your wife was there with some of your no. children?
1: No, no. No, okay. my wife wasn't there. So, so eight o'clock comes around and people are still coming in. Right? There was two other opening acts before me. Right? There was this guy, Tony so Tony something or other. He played guitar and he sang in English. Right? And they were giving away free Budweiser for the first hour and a half, two hours, whatever. So, you know, all the Baricuas there they're drinking. People are still coming in, still coming in. They delayed the show. They delayed the show. 8.30, people are like, don't let them Nine o'clock, the show starts. This guy, Tony, goes on, he starts singing, starts playing the guitar. Boo, pa'fuera, pa'fuera, <laughs> He sings two songs, boom, he gets, he leaves. Now this other group, Saluna, was her the group. It was four beautiful Latinas. Mm-hmm. They come out dancing and singing. They did two songs, I'm like, oh, man. They got four beautiful women. They can't even take that shit. So they, they leave the stage after like two, three songs. They did three songs. They left the stage. Now it's a quarter to 10, right? And it's dark. And now the place is packed. And they go, we're going to take an intermission, Joey. I'm like, what? So We're going to take an intermission. I said, "Oh, you don't understand. You take an intermission, when the lights go up, they're going to think Mark is coming on. Right. They're going to, no, no, we have to do it because Mark is not here yet. He's flying overhead in a, in a helicopter. He's going <laughs> to land behind. In a oh, helicopter in the stage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, come on, man. You're killing me, man. And I'm not going to be on the big screen. Nope. Bro, no. I went up on stage. The minute I went up on stage, I had to introduce myself. Yeah, right? I introduced <laughs> From off stage. Y ahora vamos a presentar el comediante favorito de Mark Anthony, Joey Vega, desde Nueva York, Joey Vega. Ooh, right oh, i'm up there and i'm trying to do material i'm trying to do material i'm trying to do it in spanish and english spanish and i'm going back and forth Boo, and i see them doing the wave they're doing the <laughs> wave all of them <laughs> they're doing the wave <laughs> and they go oh, in unison like thirty thousand people and then they got a beach ball they're hitting the beach ball they're playing with beach ball. oh
0: my god
1: and i'm trying man i'm trying Boo. So finally, I walk over to my parents, and I start giving them a little speech. Like you know, awesome. I may never win an Oscar or an Emmy or an Academy. Or, you know, but I just want to tell you, I just want to do my Oscar speech to you. Yo quiero mucho. Le pido la bendición. Ustedes han sido uno, uno de los padres mejores en la vida entera. You know, and I'm just praising them. And now the audience got quiet. What is he saying? And I'm just talking to them. I say, what? and I see cameras and I go, no, 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 no. Stop. Those cameras, right? I'm like, no, no, don't don't take pictures of them. So then I, then I go like this and, and the people are just like, they're all quiet, 30,000 people. And I say, uh-huh. I have worked all over the world, all over the United States and Canada and I've been received I've been nothing nothing but great people and everybody received me yo quería venir aquí a Puerto Rico que estas son mis raíces aquí mis padres son de de Puerto Rico de Yaoco son nacidos y criado aquí y yo quería venir aquí para trabajar con el pueblo puertorriqueño y ustedes estas estas son los recuerdos que yo me voy a llevar para Nueva York ustedes se pueden ir a, a se pueden ir al carajo ¿okay? I wow. threw the microphone down, and I walked away. Wow, man. Mark was doing like a, 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 they were doing a documentary, which never came out. And I go to the to Mark's office. And Mark, hey, Mark wants to see you. So I go to Mark's uh, dressing room, and I'm sitting with Mark on the couch. And he goes, what happened? What happened? I said, well, you know, man, it's because, you know, they didn't put me on the big screen. You know, they, it's 10 o'clock. By the time I went up, it's 10 o'clock. You know, they've been here since 8 o'clock. You know, and I started... And then I realized the camera was on me. And I started, and my, my parents are here. They've only seen me perform once. And I started to choke up a little bit because of my parents. And then I noticed the camera. And I said, I ain't going to fucking cry in, in, <laughs> on the camera. And I what? said, so you know, it's, 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 it's some <laughs> Pocahontas, you know? Mm-hmm. So he says, oh, all right, all right. So, oh, by by the way, when I was up there on stage, he flew over the in the helicopter, <laughs> <laughs> and people were like, ah! Oh, God. Go ahead. So, But that's not the end of the story. That would be the end of the story, right? That's not yeah. the end of the story.
0: What so happens- I, the- I come back
1: to New York and all the Spanish radio stations, ¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué pasó? They're calling me up. I don't know how they got my number. They're calling me up. You want to come on the air? I said, so I, I was on the air with Luis uh, Jimenez. Right, right. That was the first time I, I spoke to him. And then after that, we became friends. Uh, but I told the story. And I, you know, I, to me, it was no big deal. But, there, whatever. It, it happened, it happened. Was, and Mark is like, you know, tomorrow is the last show in Dominican Republic. I said, I ain't going to the Dominican Republic. <laughs> he says, no, 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 it's the last show. And, and, and I had pink eye too. I had pink eyes so I had glasses on. Uh, I said, no, no, Mark, I'm going home. Mm-hmm. He goes, no, no, it's the last show. You know, I said, look, they didn't want me in Puerto Rico. They're not going to want me in the Dominican Republic.
0: <laughs> right, right. So I
1: flew back home, right? And I went on some of the radio shows. And then I got a call from... uh I think it was Goya. Uh-huh. I think it was Goya. I had a five thousand dollar gig back then. You know, it's almost twenty years old. Five thousand dollar, you know, corporate gig. They canceled. Right. They canceled me because of what happened in Puerto Rico. I said, Come on, man. No, but you insulted the Puerto Rican public and this and it was in there, it was in the really? newspaper, it was on the news the next day, you know. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. And then I thought it blew over. Five months later, my brother is walking in, my brother was in Washington Heights and he goes to a, a, a to a newsstand and he picks up this this um, magazine, Una Revista, and on it it had, Por qué Mark Anthony ha traído a este para Puerto Rico que insultó el público puertorriqueño. Wow. And I framed it, I, I framed it. There's a whole big uh, really? article about why Mark Anthony brought me and I insulted the Puerto Rican public and that that's horrible. And it had a picture of me like this. No, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and then it had a picture of my parents. I had a picture of my parents looking up like this. Like, oh. <laughs> oh. So I took that article and I framed it. I got it in, in the other side of my uh, basement. Wow. That's, that's the, so it never went away. It never went away, man. And to nice. this day, I haven't worked Puerto Rico with Mark. I went and I worked Puerto Rico with Chris Rock. Because I write for Chris Rock. I used to write for Chris Rock and I opened for Chris Rock. Too. Yeah. So Chris Rock was doing Puerto Rico in one of his tours. And he said, you got to come. I said, I ain't going to Puerto Rico. He said, no, you got to So it took him like a month to really yeah. convince me. He goes, no, no, you got to come. It's a, it's a comedy audience, man. I said, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going. And then finally he said, no, no, you got to come. You got to so we went. I went to Puerto Rico and I did a show about five thousand people, and it was one of the best shows ever. Oh, right. They came to see. They came to see comedy. Right. They right. spoke English and Spanish. Right. And when they saw me, they had never seen, you know, a Latino comedian open for another comedian. Right. You know, a well-known comedian like that. Right. So to them, that was like, wow, Joey Vega! oh my God. Right. You know, oh, he opens with Mark Anthony too. Oh, he's said,
0: hey. Not only that, in Puerto Rico, they're not used to the Puerto Rican, the stand-up comedians from the States, you know? Yeah. They used to the island Puerto Ricans. I don't know if you ever seen the comedy, but you know, it's all Spanish. And right. it's more like, you know, with that's you know, with those ingredients, you know? Yeah, but yeah. Coming from New York and going over there in English, bro. Yeah, they yeah have I, know,
1: I saw a clip of, of uh, comedians, and I know Anger River, does Puerto Rico every so often, and and, and everything is. Pues este cabrón iba caminando por la calle. Ese cabrón hijo de puta. And that's right. the whole, the whole, and it's observational, but it's all about you know that negative cabrón this, cabrón that. da-da-da, right. you know, yeah. puta. Even my cousins, they say. I said, no, I told to
0: All that other stuff, yeah. yeah. So how long was it? How long were you supposed to do?
1: I was supposed to do about 40 minutes.
0: And how long was it before Not actually you actually about half
1: an hour, because there was two other opening acts.
0: And how long before you said, good night? Five minutes. Five minutes. It was always that fast, that quick, right? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Oh, you want mute now for a second. Uh, you're mute right now. I can't hear you either. what? Oh, right. I All right, what I'm going to say, Joey, is all right. I don't know if you can hear me, but we're going to say good night. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, and I lost my friend Joey Megan for a second. But thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and good night.